0: Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast, downloaded over three-quarters of a million times in 150 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage.
1: This is episode 236 of the Australian Hiker Podcast, and in this week's episode, we celebrate our sixth birthday. Hey! (laughs) Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice, so that each episode is available as soon as it's published, and if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. So as we do each year, we do a review of where we've come from in the last 12 months and where we're going to in the next 12 months. And for us, as we said, this year is our sixth birthday, and when we started on the 11th of November 2016, we really didn't have much thought about how long we'd be going for uh, and where we would be in the future. So in this episode, we're going to do a retrospective of the last 12 months and also look at the future and where we're heading. Now, as a general overview of the Australian Hiker blog, something I really haven't thought put much thought into only because I just write articles or we record podcasts. Uh, But we realised over the year that we've actually released, since we started in 2016, just over 1,100 posts and podcasts and articles on the Australian Hiker website. And on an annual basis, we certainly have varied what our schedule has been for releasing articles and podcasts since we started but at the moment, we are aiming for twenty to thirty trail reviews each year, and we have actually reduced uh, the the number of uh, uh, trail reviews, which and we'll talk about that more in a second. We aim for approximately a hundred gear reviews a year, and that's been pretty consistent over the time we've actually gone through and and been operating. Uh, thirty hiking practice and definition articles, and we try we try to average roughly around about two a month, but that certainly does vary. And then 37 podcasts a year, which seems to be where we've landed at at the moment. One of the things that sort of I didn't, I didn't really think about is uh, over the year, I I sort of assumed that I've released certain articles. And uh, I surprised myself, I suppose, when I realized that while I'd thought about releasing it, I'd never got around to doing it.
0: That must be the same as having a conversation that, that uh, you thought you had with me, but didn't. <laughs>
1: Well, it saves me the time. <laughs> um, so I think yeah, it's one of these sort of things that I, uh, I'm i one of these people that a lot of my ideas for articles and, and podcasts come to me when I'm hiking or exercising. and And just so I don't forget, I will often email myself. And uh, even when I'm on trail and I don't have – uh, access to the internet. I'll go up and draft an email up to 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 be sent to me when I do next get access. And at the moment, we've got um, uh, over a hundred draft articles sitting in various stages of development, from just a title to being partially written. And I've got a couple that I've I've got scheduled for release in two thousand and twenty-three when the time is relevant.
0: I think that's an interesting thing. Um, you know, if we're we're looking way back, you know, you mentioned that. We didn't really know uh, how long we'd be going or perhaps even what it would look like, uh, certainly six years on. But, you know, sometimes people think, oh, you know, hiking is one foot, you know, in front of the other and uh, you need a bit of gear and and off you go. But, I mean, the fact that you've got a 100 of those articles sitting waiting to be completed really does say that there's – change uh there's new ideas there's new things to discover and, and explore and uh you know i think that's probably what's kept us going all, all, all this time
1: one of the articles that um i again i I'd had a thought about for quite a while and i was on my list for quite a while uh, and that we've only released over the last couple of months uh, was basically beach hiking uh, and and I think this is one of the reasons that we've spent so much time working in, on and around the ocean. Uh, we just take it for granted that we, we knew how to do inlet crossings. We knew how to walk along beaches. And I think for most Australians who have spent a lot of their childhood growing up and in and around the ocean, again, it's just something you just tend not to think about. You just do it and don't, don't put much thought into it. And it was only when we did the Great Ocean Walk earlier this year that we realised we had uh, we came across a Belgian hiker who hadn't had much experience with hiking along beaches and doing in- inlet crossings, and it came to us that just because we know how to do it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody has done this in the past.
0: Yeah, we were a little bit, um, I guess, if you were watching us, you, we we probably looked a little bit blasé about the whole thing, and then realised that she was becoming increasingly concerned <laughs> uh, and I uh, had a bit of a double take when I, I suggested that uh, if, if uh, when you're getting through the water and the current is a bit strong or the wave action is a bit strong, just stop and, and hold your ground and uh, stop. She says, stop. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 trust me, it'll be Okay. <laughs>
1: I mean certainly earlier this year we we released um, some reviews on uh, hammock camping and also bikepacking and, and again it it's one of those sort of things you just assume that if if you are experienced in something that everybody knows how to do it uh, and certainly from me from my perspective or from our perspective hammock camping was something that was new to us uh, but in some respects that's not a bad way uh, to release an article that here's a newbie's guide to hammock camping. And, and we,
0: self-discovery, self-discovery guide. Self-discovery, yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: because that's what a lot of people tend to do. You either have someone that teaches you how to do it or you just learn on the fly. Yeah. Uh, and, and, again, and, you know, as much as the research you can go through and do, doing something in real life is often very different.
0: Yeah, and I think I guess the only caveat to that is making sure that, you, you know, you're safe um, so, you know, wouldn't suggest doing something completely outrageous for the first time without any support or any knowledge um, that, you know, could get you into trouble.
1: And I think continuing on the theme from beach hiking, a lot of people when they think bushwalking, uh, which, the, which is the well-known Australian term, uh, that you are walking through the bush and that tends to exclude walking along beaches and doing inlet crossings. So it's the sort of thing that, Uh, For new hikers, uh, hiking along beaches and and crossing inlets is something that just never comes to mind. So for us, it was a matter of uh, I'd had this this scheduled since earlier in the year when we did the uh, uh, wharf-to-wharf walk in southern uh, New South Wales. Uh, And again, it was sort of like, okay, it's probably something that's worthwhile considering uh, because when I did a search, uh, and and I do do a search to see what else has been released, nothing else came up. And this was worldwide, nothing else came up, which was a real surprise to me. In addition to coming up with ideas as I'm walking and hiking, uh, we often get people who will email us ideas and say, have you thought about? And certainly I have, and some of the ideas for podcasts over the coming 12 months has been emails that people have gone through and sent to me. So if you do have any ideas about things that should be covered in either an article or a podcast – please feel free to send us the ideas. I won't always guarantee that we'll do it in a hurry. And in fact, I do have a number of podcasts that are always scheduled uh, through right throughout next year. Uh, and a lot of them are either time critical and I need to do them at a certain time because of a walk that I'm doing or some activity or some event that's coming up. Uh, But I do have also a degree of flexibility. So um, if there is something that you'd like to hear us talk about on a podcast or write in an article, please let us know.
0: Yeah, I guess it has to be uh, pretty interesting, Tim, if it's going to get into the top 10 of your top 100 (laughs) list of things that you're supposed to be writing about. I've seen that list. I'm not sure that's really a full list. But anyway...
1: (laughs) No, and again, it, it, some of it's just really weird, and you know, you, you just assume that okay, that everybody knows about this sort of stuff. But for people who, as I said, are new to hiking, it's not always the case. Moving on to the podcast itself, there are roughly, as we release this uh, this episode, around about four million podcast shows on the internet. But the average podcast show typically only ever releases around about seven episodes. And this, this is something we've been aware of for quite a while. And I think it's because people don't quite realise what is involved in a podcast. Uh, and it really is a labour of love. So in my case, recording a half-hour podcast episode, uh, there's roughly 30 minutes, give or take a few minutes extra for errors and repeats and things like that. Then there's three times the editing that before I can get something to air. So a thirty-minute podcast for me takes two hours to record and produce and upload, um,
0: and sometimes that uploading takes a bit more time than you'd like as well. Yeah, I was
1: going to say it's it's really good. I uh, I remember when we did the human hovel track, uh, going up and and to the highest point in the caravan park to find the the very minimal phone signal or data signal. Uh, and it ended up taking me a long time to upload, so uh, it's it is a slow process, and sometimes that happens even in in town when you're getting torrential rain for weeks on end, and the internet signal on your Wi-Fi is just not that crash hot. So we, uh, as this podcast episode goes to air, this is episode two hundred and thirty-six. Technically, it's episode two hundred and thirty-seven because we released episode zero, which was a thing when we first started. I'm not not
0: sure it's a thing. Don't go back and listen to
1: episode zero, please. (laughs) Episode zero, you know, is is something, as I said, was something that was common when we first started and it was a pre-recorded episode uh, before you started the official podcast. In hindsight, I probably wouldn't have done it again because it just throws the the numbering system out. But, yeah, it's... uh, uh, for us, 236 episodes that have been downloaded over 825,000 times worldwide. That puts us in the download rate that we get. Uh, we sit somewhere in between the top 15 to 20% of all podcasts worldwide. Uh, and we're never going to be things like Joe Rogan or Serial or things like that are at at getting a million downloads an episode. Uh, but certainly, we we can't comfortably sit in that fifteen to twenty percent of all podcasts, and that's
0: pretty amazing because I mean, podcasting has grown so much, um, e- even in the last couple of years. But definitely over that six years, so and and we've consistently been in that fifteen to twenty percent bracket. So, you know that that that's pretty good for you know a homegrown product taking it. Somewhere in the world, uh, obviously mostly Australia, but uh, somewhere else in the world.
1: Now, based on our download of podcasts in the last 12 months, uh, by the time we reach birthday year number 7th in November 2023, we should, and again, it really depends on a number of things, we should click over a million episodes uh, downloaded. So, uh, So we'll see what happens through that. But certainly based on this last 12 months, and for that matter, the last few years, we should reach it very close to that birthday time itself. We've now been downloaded in over 150 countries. Now, for us, our top 10 countries, uh, understandably, Australia is number one. Uh, United States and the United Kingdom is number two and number three, and New Zealand is number four. Indonesia is uh, new at number five. South Africa, number six. Israel at number seven is a new country at that sort of uh, in the top ten. Canada as an in- English-speaking country is number eight. Uh, and they, Which they part have, of Canada? Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm guessing probably not the French-speaking Canada. So that's possibly why it's further down the list. Uh, Nepal at number nine. And again, a new, new country into the top ten is Ireland. Uh, so we seem to... I think the top four countries are pretty much cemented in that, that sort of uh, uh, locked and loaded, at those sort of places, but the other other places te- do tend to vary. They bump around a bit, don't they? Bump they bump around a bit, yeah. As I said, we've already scheduled a lot of episodes for 2023, but as we've recently mentioned, more than happy to get input into people we should be interviewing uh, and, and episodes we should be uh, releasing as well. Over the last year, we always look at things like our top ten articles on our on our website that people uh, are downloading and looking at. Um, again, for probably the fifth year in a row or the fourth year in a row, uh, my multi-day gear hiking list is the most downloaded uh, individual post that we have, and not mine. No, and it's uh, and in fact, yours dropped off the top ten this year. Oh, good on you. <laughs>
0: Thanks for that. <laughs> um,
1: so it's. Uh, I think. I, I think people just tend to assume that. Uh, yeah, we'll look at Tim's and. Uh, uh, and funnily enough, we have more female listeners and website viewers uh, than we do males.
0: So what are they downloading? <laughs> maybe maybe the blokes. Maybe I'm not sure. I should say this.
1: Maybe the blokes
0: need more help. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Maybe maybe the blokes are the ones that download that and don't do anything else. So, <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Uh, number two is Australia's uh, long trails, uh, and this talks about uh, the long-distance hiking trails in Australia. Number three, uh, which is new, is the Three Capes walking track in Tasmania. And certainly for us, that's been one of the most popular posts and gear, uh, gear reviews and uh, uh, trail reviews we've done over the last year.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I think there's probably something in that and we'll talk a bit about that later in terms of the accessibility and uh, the duration of of that hike in particular.
1: Number four is food on the trail, a detailed look. Again, understandable. If you're new to hiking, working out the food is, is probably a major thing. Um, done tough socks, which is getting into the individual gear reviews, uh, and certainly this is a... A sock that's well recognised within the US hiking market. Really good sock. In the States, they do actually have a lifetime guarantee. bit harder in Australia to send your socks back to the US. It's probably <laughs> probably, probably, probably the uh, uh, the um, uh, the, uh, the cost of actually sending them is probably cheaper to buy a pair of socks than freighting them back again. Personal locator beacons at number six. The Cedar Summit Etherlite XT insulated sleeping mat at number seven. Dirty Girl Gators at number eight. There you go. Yeah, I I knew I'd get a look in at something. Uh, Campus Pantry Freeze-Dried Vegetables at number nine and How to Backpacker Beginner's Guide at number 10. Uh, So, again, there are some articles like uh, My Hiking Gear List and Long Trails, which uh, do tend to be, you know, in those one and two sort of positions. The other articles really have varied and do tend to vary from year to year. From there, we looked at our top 10 favourite hike list. Now, this is a list that really, uh, to be on this list, we have to have walked it. So we're not talking about a uh, popularity contest among hikers in Australia. This is purely a popularity contest with Jill and I. Um, <laughs> we,
0: we've walked it and we really, really, really liked
1: it. Yeah. And I think from, from our perspective, there's something about each of these walks that just resonates with us. And funnily enough, uh, our most popular walk, and, and walk that has continued to be our most popular walk, is the Mount Jindra Summit Walk. This is a 15 to 22 kilometre walk, depending on where you start and finish. It's a, a walk that's, um, it's, it, this is a walk that's really about the destination. Uh, and from my perspective, it just has this feeling of remoteness and wilderness that I haven't come across in any other walk. It's a walk that I certainly haven't done in the last 12 months but I certainly do every couple of years and I love doing it every time I go through and do it. Larapinta Trail is still there at number two and this is one of these trails where, and again, it's a long-distance trail, it's one of the few walks that we want to go through and do again. In most cases, the long walks, as much as we, as we love them, uh, there's not enough time in the world to do every walk so it's rare we want to repeat. So Lara Larapinta is very different. Number three, again, which is new in this list, is the Three Capes walking track. Uh, and for us, this is probably one of the best multi-day beginner uh, hiking trails that you can possibly do. So if you want to get into long-distance hiking, and it is, it's is—it's 48 kilometres, it's not, it's not long when you look at uh, some of the longer trails, uh, but for people that have only done one or two nights camping before, this is probably the best one to go through and do it.
0: Yeah, and I think it's also um, in terms of what you see and what you experience, it's it's, go- it's good for experienced hikers too, so it's not just for the new starters.
1: Gibraltar Peak in the ACT again, and again, this is one of these ones where it's it just has that special feel to it. At the destination, so it's another destination hike. Number five, Bondi to Manly walk or Manly to Bondi, depending on which way you <laughs> want to do this. Uh, and again, that's a really, really good walk and it's an urban it's an urban walk. So you can do it over a series of days. You can do it as a through hike. You can do it over a series of weekends. It's really up to you how you do this. Yeah, walk.
0: you can check into a hotel and have a nice meal at a restaurant um, and then get going the next day.
1: The Rockholes Loop walking track out at Murruwingu National Park in Western New South Wales. Uh, I think this is because of the location, and it you know it's going to take you a, a day to get there. It's only six point
0: six kilometers, but it's going to take you a long time <laughs> to get there. <laughs>
1: uh, and you do and you do really need a four wheel drive to get there as well. But if you're ever out in Western New South Wales, drop into Murruwingu National Park. This is the pick of the uh, the walks. So yeah, brilliant. absolutely. Spit Bridge to Manly Walk, which is part of the Bondi to Manly Walk, and this is a 9.6-kilometre section. And for us, we uh, we but you can do it a couple of ways. We stayed at uh, Spit Bridge. We walked to Manly. We had lunch at one of the restaurants there. We got a taxi back. We could have also walked back. It really is up to you and uh, how you do this walk, but it's a great walk. Number eight, Bibbleman Track in Western Australia. Um, again, this is one of these sort of walks that, uh, given enough time, I wouldn't mind doing it again. And from my perspective, if I did it again, I'd do it from Perth to Albany rather than Albany to Perth, which is the way I did it, just to get a different experience. I don't know if I'll ever get back to doing this walk again. There's, there's too many other good walks to do. But certainly, I'm glad I did. I picked this as the first real long distance hike.
0: Yeah, thousand and five uh, kilometres. That's a that's a big effort, and uh, as you say, a big time commitment too.
1: Main Range Walk uh, in Kosciuszko National Park. This is a twenty two point four kilometres walk, uh, and then the Aussie Ten, which also, uh, if you're doing the uh, Main Range Walk, you'll do a lot of the uh, the Aussie. Uh, it's a chunk of the Aussie Ten. Uh, But the Aussie 10 can be done as a one or two or three days walk. If you're doing it as a one-day walk, it's a pretty long day and you want to do it in the middle of summer and you want to start really early. Uh, But I think for most people a two- or a three-day walk is where you're aiming at on this one through here. And the
0: really surprising thing about that walk is that, you know, you you get to stay in the national park and, uh, you know, as long as you're mindful of the requirements and the – Need to stay away from water sources and all of those sorts of things. There are some really amazing tucked away spots that are quite close to the the, the main range uh, walk but quite isolated um, because you're tucked away.
1: For those of you that don't know the Aussie 10, it's Australia's 10 highest peaks and that's as identified by Geoscience Australia, which is a government agency. That includes some unnamed peaks I have had people pick the top 13, the top 16, which can all be done in this sort of area if you feel like spending a bit more time. Uh, But again, for peak baggers, uh, this is a chance to do some really good walks all within a relatively compacted sort of area. Okay, so where to from next, over the next 12 months As we mentioned, probably the goal within the podcast is to try and break that million downloads mark in the next 12 months. And as I said, certainly based on the last few years, that's very achievable and very reachable based on our schedule. So over the last 12 months, I've changed my editing process with the podcast. And when I first started off for the first few years, I used to go through and listen to, uh, I'd go through and record and then edit. uh, And then I'd go through and do a, a final listen through and do any final edits now I've combined that all into one process. Uh, I find it just a a easier thing to do, but it is a longer thing. So as I said, for me, it's not just the half hour episode; it's also then the hour and a half worth of editing post post recording. The other thing I've been aiming at with the podcast as well is improving the use of music through the podcast, and also uh, looking at the introduction and. Uh, how we go through there? This is all fairly minor background sort of stuff, uh, but it is something that you know. It's it's if you've listened from episode zero, which you know we did read that episode because we we're so worried. We about keep getting mentioning arrived.
0: episode zero. Um, please don't go back to episode zero.
1: <laughs> Um, and, it, and and at some point, I will go through you know and go go through the first hundred and 180 episodes and clean and re edit those just to improve them, but that that'll be a longer term process to do that so
0: what we could do is for our tenth anniversary, we could redo episode zero yeah. hey
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so, I think so, as we did this year, the plan is to go through and as much as I love long-distance hiking, and when I talk about long-distance hiking, I'm talking things about hundreds of kilometres in length, um, I just, with work and everything else that's going on at the moment, I'm just struggling to do those sort of hikes. So I've decided to uh, opt for more hikes a year, but shorter. So certainly since we, le- we last released our birthday episode, we did the Three Capes Walk in Tasmania, we did the uh Uh, rail trail, the East Gippsland Rail Trail Walk in Victoria. We did the Great Ocean Walk uh, in Victoria. Uh, And over the next uh, month, I'll also be doing the South Coast Track in Tasmania. So more adventures, but shorter adventures. And for a lot of people, those sort of distances are manageable. Uh, People can think about doing 40, 60 or 100 kilometre walks, but not everyone necessarily wants to do Thousand kilometre walks.
0: No, no, that's why I chose to stay at work (laughs) while you did the Bibbleman track. I figured that was a nicer thing to do.
1: (laughs) Having said that, though, as a series of podcasts, the Bibbleman Track podcasts are still some of our most popular podcasts because no one had done it before, uh, as far as recording a series of on trail podcasts, uh, and people still listen to it uh, in in relation to the trips they're planning on going through and doing. In relation to walks that we're doing over the coming 12 months, as I said, apart from doing uh, less longer distance and more uh, more middle sort of distance sort of walks, uh, we've been trying to do a series of the 25 to 30 kilometre walks uh, in a day and we haven't had much luck over the last few years. Between bushfires in 2019-20, COVID in 2020-21 and early 22, and then all the rain we've been getting in two thousand and twenty two well, the
0: terrible, terrible, terrible floods,
1: and, and yeah, it's it's just made it really hard and and while I'm quite happy to walk in the rain. It's really hard to be upbeat and do these really lovely photos of scenic uh, areas when it's pouring with rain. There's
0: water dripping down the camera.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I've been trying to do the Bundina to Otford walk in, southern New- in, in northern New South Wales, just south of Sydney, for about two and a half years. And every time I schedule to do it, it's either pouring with rain or the sea conditions are really bad. And when you're doing a, a walk that hugs the coastline, you need to have – less rain and good sea conditions to go through and do it. Uh, so I think I jokingly put in one of the newsletter updates that I'm thinking of renting myself out as a drought baker because guarantee that any time I try and do the Bundina Toilford walk, it rains.
0: Oh, and the other thing that we've been trying to complete is the human hovel track.
1: Yeah, and it's um, uh, the, the section that I needed to do only opened up earlier this year. Uh, there's still some sections that aren't quite totally uh, back to normal again and trying to get time to do it i need around about five days to finish off uh, and that's on my list of, of things to complete in 2023 providing nothing else goes wrong with weather or uh, pandemics or anything else as we go so i just want to finish off that last section of that trail and by which stage the fire damage will be far enough removed that at least things will be a bit greener again.
0: Or <laughs> we'll be washed away. <laughs>
1: yeah. In relation to articles, we're continuing to try and do things like bike packing and hammock camping. So we're looking at different options for uh, what we can do that's a bit different. Uh, and certainly I have nothing particular in mind for that. Uh, but certainly, as I said, we've got a number of various articles scheduled to go. Uh, and there's a number of things that will will tie into that gear reviews um, gear reviews for me is is probably one of the hardest things to go through and do because i don't uh, I do real gear reviews. I don't just say, "Let's look online and just re repurpose it for my website or our website." Uh, I tend to go through and put things to good usage. So in the case of when I do shoe reviews, uh, it's uh, it's done on the basis of a minimum of 200 kilometers of use. That sounds a lot, but for me, that typically is roughly around about five weeks worth of use. I usually go through about three to four pairs of shoes a year because I use trail runners, and I will do three and a half to four thousand kilometers a year of walking in in my trail runners, uh, either through hiking or just just training walks. So I get I do get to get a chance to actually give these shoes a good good. Uh, good uh, working out and I must admit I I didn't think I would have that opportunity this year but one thing that the mud and the rain does uh, does do it affords a good chance to do shoe reviews quite well
0: yeah it does it does if you can uh, get get over the fact that your brand new shoes are covered with mud as soon as you step out the door
1: one of the things that I'll be revisiting over the coming year is uh, my series of articles on ultralight hiking or becoming an ultralight hiker. I I think one of the biggest things for me over the past year was doing the Three Capes walk with a 33-litre pack, doing the 100-kilometre rail trail uh, in the Ipskipistan Rail Trail in Victoria with a 36-litre pack. And that's without leaving anything at home. I didn't drop-off stuff and 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 put myself at risk by not having the right gear. It's just that I've managed to go through and uh, get my gear dialed into a point that I can go through and do that.
0: I could probably do that if the, if the weather was a bit milder, but, you know, I've just got to get the layers into that pack and that sleeping bag that annoys you when we open it up in the tent and, you know, a super warm sleeping mat, all of that kind of stuff, yeah.
1: But certainly uh, over this next year, I'm I'm still continuing to see if I can get away with smaller packs. And again, it's, it's more about work out what I need and then see what pack I can fit it into. Uh, I suppose ideally where I'd probably want to aim at is around about the 40 litre size. Uh, but that, that's just not me at the moment. I've sort of got that 36 to then there's a gap in the middle to a 48 litre pack in between. So... Um, I'll see how I go, and certainly I'm trying to see what I can get away with pack size for my upcoming South Coast track in uh, in Tasmania. I've also not necessarily going for the lightest gear, so um, I'm just in the process of getting a new sleeping mat. My six year old sleeping mat has finally died. It's done many hundreds of nights and many thousands of hours in a variety of conditions, and. Um, it's now got to the stage where two hours it's totally deflated and I have to (laughs) blow it up every two hours so um, I'm opting for not the lightest weight sleeping mat on the market I'm actually increasing the weight of the mat I'm using but there is a reason for that Uh, and when I go through and do a review of the mat uh, I'll explain in detail why that is
0: certainly your old one has had a lot of work um is looking a bit bit sad at the moment um I can't recall what colour it used to be, but its I'm sure it's not that colour anymore. So I think, you know, it's, it's, done, it's done its job and it's performed pretty well.
1: It has. It's done a very good job. Now, I mentioned earlier in this episode that we've got over 1,100 posts and that includes podcasts and articles and everything else we've gone through and released in the last six years. One of the things that I've always been conscious of is you can't just publish – Uh, a written article in particular, and leave it sitting there. Uh, Prices change, things move on within the industry, new innovations happen, and as a result, these articles need to be updated. I'd always had the intent, and I'd been progressively working my way through these 1,100 articles, reviewing and updating them, and it only occurred to me this year with roughly 1,100 articles, if I'm trying to update them within a 12- to 18-month period, it means I have to move a bit faster. So uh, certainly from a point of view of the advice articles, providing nothing uh, amazing happens to change something, I'd normally try and up those roughly once every 18 months. And in relation to gear reviews, uh, I've shifted towards updating them every 12 months. Now, even having said that, Uh, Things have moved and changed so quickly, particularly in relation to pricing over the last 12 months, that there's probably been, at least from my perspective, I've noticed a bigger increase in pricing as uh, all the manufacturers and the suppliers come to grips with things that are going on in the world and, and limitations and shortfalls of stock. So certainly that's something I am working on over the next few months uh, to get particularly the gear reviews down to an annual cycle. And you will notice that from time to time, some of the older articles will disappear. Uh, They haven't gone for good. They do exist in the background, so if the links are are still there within articles, you can refer to them. Uh, But for product that's no longer on the market or has been replaced, uh, the older product gets removed. So what's being listed on the website is still available in most cases. But as I said, it's going to take me probably another couple of months to get on top of that and get everything down to a 12 months uh, status. And certainly, it's one of these things. It's just a time-consuming process. And as I said, if you think 1,100 articles, even if I do 10 a week, uh, that's a couple of years it's going to take me to update. So given I'm trying to do it in a 12- to 18-month period, uh, I have a lot of updating and checking and editing that I do on a weekly basis as uh, it's almost a bit of a uh, the downside of success. One other comment I'd like to mention is here as well, and certainly in the last 12 months, we've gotten to a stage where our social media has hit certain numbering. And uh, in all honesty, that doesn't really mean a lot. Uh, it's, it's just a number. But certainly, it means a lot in relation to whether companies will work with you or not, uh, and that certainly shows that uh, that we're doing the right thing if we have reached a certain number. The downside is it also says to hackers, "Hey, this is something we can we should be targeting as well." And given that that the all the the hacking incidents that are occurring in Australia at the moment with a lot of companies, uh, we certainly are nowhere near. Uh, the, the league of any of these big companies that have been targeted. Uh, but we are certainly being targeted by overseas companies trying to hack into our website. Uh, so it's re- relied on me putting systems in place in the background, which you may or may not notice. And something you would have potentially noticed is if you are trying to provide written comment on some of our articles, it requires you to prove you're not a robot. Um, because we certainly had robots... Uh, trying to make comment and trying to hack into the system. On that basis, from a security perspective, we do send out a newsletter on a regular basis. Uh, normally, we've got a newsletter and an update, uh, so that's two, two coming out a month. Uh, the software we use uh, certainly has a, secure, a series of security checks, which makes my life harder logging in and out of things, but it keeps people's data more secure. Uh, but again, it's a sign of the times. It's something that we are required to do to keep both our website safe and also to keep uh, any data we do hold. And really, we keep as little as we possibly can. We don't keep uh, credit card details because that's managed through third parties like Shopify uh, on the very small amount of things we do sell. Uh, but we certainly keep keep uh, people's data safe uh, and. At times, it's sometimes very hard to tell whether a contact is real or not. Uh, So it's up to me as a a human, I suppose, to think, okay, does this contact, does this email, does this comment seem real or is it so out of whack or does it look like it's been written by a computer or or someone with English as a fourth language in a lot of cases with some of the things I get? Uh, that you think no, this isn't real, and i'll I'll block things, so my apologies if it's a genuine comment or a genuine uh contact uh but again, from a safety perspective uh if things disappear not to be right, uh they automatically get dumped simply from a safety perspective. One thing I'm looking forward to in two thousand and twenty three is the uh as heading back to the trade shows again. Uh, I didn't have the chance over the last few years, it's always been about doing phone interviews and while I still will probably supplement uh, the uh, face-to-face trail show that I'll be attending next year uh, with uh, online interviews as well, uh, it'll be good to get back and actually meet uh, industry people and, and physically touch stuff before uh, trying to do, uh, work out what it is I want to go through and review. I know in talking to people uh, in relation to gear manufacturers and suppliers, there's some exciting things coming up uh, in release for things that are already being pre-existing and just had some changes made to them or some new product going, coming onto the market. And I'm certainly looking forward to getting my hands on some of this stuff and doing some testing for some of that as well. Last and not least, uh, we, a couple of years ago, started a support us page on the website and that was uh, in line with requests we had with people, how they could support us. So we uh, have a link on our website to the support us page, which is through ko and funnily enough, it's buy us a coffee is what it is uh, and we'd just like to thank everyone who has supported us over the last 12 months and for that matter, the last few years in buying us a coffee. Uh, Some people have been extremely generous in their donations and their support for us, and that just helps us to keep Australian Hiker going. Uh, As much as a labour of love and a hobby that it is for us, there's still a cost associated with it, and it's quite a substantial cost to keep it going each year.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I guess we really appreciate it, particularly in current times, and uh, a lot of people are are doing it tough um, for lots of different reasons. And so it just makes it all all the more valuable um, from uh, our perspective and, and all the more appreciated.
1: We hope you found this retrospect interesting and we look forward to another five or six years. Uh, I certainly have no uh, plans in stopping anytime soon. Uh, And if anything, (laughs) over the next few years, I'll be looking at increasing the amount of hiking I'm doing as I do get a bit more free time available. That's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me.